0: the Infiltrator, written by ACK 1308 Counselor Forrest watched the intake airlock carefully. His secondary arms twitched occasionally, but he kept the reflex under control. His primordial ancestors, he had been told, had once grasped prey with those arms, while their claw primary arms disemboweled the unfortunate creature. Now, ten million years hence, he lacked the majority of the grasping strength as well as all but the vestigial declaw but the instinct remained. Members of Faris' species, the Hanak, occasionally stepped out of the airlock, as did the representatives of half a dozen other species. But Varas ignored them all. He was looking for one particular body type and one species within it. He awaited a human. A group of three such stepped out the airlock, laughing and chatting with each other. But he looked past them. None of these were the one he sought. Where is he? And then a lone human emerged, sandwiched between a hulking Jeroeth and an insectile Stepping away from the other two, he looked around until his wary gaze met Faris's. A little of the tension went out of the posture at the mutual recognition and he made a discreet gesture with his single left hand that came straight from the Hanukk's secondary hand signals. I greet you, brother. Ferris replied in kind and murmured a command into his implanted radio. In response, a maintenance door opened as if by accident. Moving with a studied casualness, the forked human strolled in that direction and ducked into the doorway. It closed again immediately. Faris left a few moments later by a convenient exit. They convened in Ferris's quarters half of the station away. To an outsider, the seeming human would have looked and sounded strange as it greeted Faris in perfect Hanak, and lowered himself into a seated position only those the Hanak hip arrangement could manage. Faris handed him a feeding bowl, and he tapped the opening with a very Hanak sigh of enjoyment. Ah, oh, I've missed those, he declared. Humans can digest it, but they apparently dislike the taste, so there's no market for it. Varaz filed away that tidbit of information. A captive population of humans would not be in a position to decline foodstuffs not to their taste. That's interesting, Terrace, he allowed, but you didn't undergo years of excruciating surgeries to talk about their likes and dislikes. Do you have an answer to the most important question? He leaned forward. Can we conquer them? Tarith considered the question. Perhaps, he said slowly, but it won't be worth it. Too risky. Parra stared at him. What do you mean, not worth it? I mean that there's a lot of information that humans don't let off the planet, Tarith explained. Humans are a lot more dangerous than they let us think they are. Just for instance, in the nation they call the United States... Everyone goes armed all the time with firearms that would be high-military grade on any other planet. In the Eurasian sector, every cubic meter of sky is so saturated by sensory systems that they could fry a landing force merely by turning on all of their radar systems at once. Varus was shaken, but he refused to admit defeat. There are other continents, are there not? There are, agreed Tarith, Antarctica is overrun with polar bears since they moved a breeding pair down there to save the species. Imagine a predator that weighs over a ton, can run as fast as a ground car, and you can't see it coming. And that's if the killer penguins haven't already got you. Killer penguins? Asked Varys faintly. Oh yes, someone got the idea that the polar bears shouldn't have it all their own way. So they bred a bigger, smarter penguin, which turned out to be a psychotic enough to take on the killer whales. Also, the place is below freezing all year round, and really below freezing for half that time. Not Antarctica, then, conceded Ferris. One of the others Well, in Africa, there are large areas not inhabited by humans, began Tarith, which would allow us to land more or less undetected and establish a secure beachhead. Faris seized upon the good news. Well, uh, no, you didn't let me finish. Tarith took another hit from the feeding bulb. This is because the amount of poaching drove several big game animals to the brink of extinction so they genetically engineered them to be a lot smarter and virtually bulletproof. Now, well, uh, now the animals consider hunting any humans or human-like creatures they encounter to be a fun activity. And they're good at it. Varys felt his secondary arms twitching in agitation and forcibly restrained them. Where else is there? I understand there are more continents. Tarith made a gesture of agreement. South America is also a wash. There's a nasty little war that's been going on for years. All four sides of this war will shoot at anyone who's not one of them. And then there's Australia, he let out a sigh. Are they just insane there? demanded Ferris. More, declared Tarith. They... Took a relatively inoffensive herbivore and turned it into a 50 kilo carnivore monster that drops out of trees onto unwary travelers. Also, their snakes and spiders were already the most dangerous on the planet, and they decided to make them more so. Neurotoxins that'll stop both your hearts in just seconds, and they choose to live amongst them. Barris digested that information. Orbital bombardment. They've equipped nuclear warheads with jump drives, surface to orbit, pinpoint accuracy. Tarith gestured to his feeding bulb. Also, the moon is one big military base with tens of thousands of ships ready to launch at a moment's notice. I can't believe this, Harris fell back. How could our intelligence surface fall down so badly? I never heard about any of this before. Tarith cleared his throat, a very human sound. "'Well, that's partly because your intelligence services couldn't find their colloquial orifices with all four hands on an anatomy text, and partly because I've been feeding you lies this whole time,' he grinned cheerfully. "'Well, uh, some of it, anyway.' "'What are you talking about?' Ferris stared at Tareth. The Fork's human infiltrator had shifted posture, and now his body language was all human. Tareth "'Nope, not Tareth. Captain James Kendall, counter-espionage service. Dareth is still back on Earth. We had him in custody since about two weeks after he landed. Ferris's guests seemed to be enjoying himself immensely. Varys himself was struggling to understand. I, uh, I don't believe it. Randall put a bulb aside and stood up. Ferris flinched as he reached into the inner pocket, but he merely produced a still image. It was of himself and, uh, Almost himself. Me and Tarith took a year to get the surgery done, and then the next four to learn how to be Tarith, he chuckled. A human pretending to be a Hanuk, pretending to be a human. I won't say that it hasn't been interesting. But why? Why reveal yourself? The human's lips drew back in a predatorial grin. To send a message. We've been doing this for millennia. We can and will see you coming, and I was able to get a load with you with no problems at all. He tilted his head. Besides, not everything I told you was a lie. Wanna bet your man's lives on what's true and what's not. Varys drew a deep breaths, trying to regain control of the situation. I could have you seized, interrogated. We still have Taras. Handel's voice cut across his he hasn't been mistreated. In fact, he's quite comfortable. But whatever you do to me happens to him. There was no way out of it. The humans had won the war without firing a shot. So if we release you, he gets to come home. Kendall shrugged. If he wants to, sure. He's really very comfortable. Ferris didn't even know how to take that. Fine you can go. Thanks. Kendall finished off the feeding bulb and tossed it into the waste receptacle. Oh, by the way, I lied. I've lied about us hating that stuff. We love it. Maybe something to sweeten up the piece of between us. Whistling a tune, Farris didn't recognize. He strolled out the room. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video.